This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How many are glad to live in the land of liberty and freedom that we can come on Christmas Eve and, and thank God for our country? And uh, I'm grateful, you know, at the end of the year we start reflecting uh, on the blessings of God. It's a, it's a blessing to, to be able to come together in his name. And nobody's uh, stopping us. No one's uh, coming against us. We're, we're here because of the freedom that's been bought and paid for. So grateful for our country, but I'm grateful for another freedom. And that's a spiritual freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ came and, and bought and brought for us. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, I want to speak just briefly this morning because we're having a brief service. That's what you think. No. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to hit it and uh, put this out there. Uh, I'm calling this is what heaven saw and kind of from heaven's perspective. What did heaven see? on Christmas Day. And, you know, we all have uh, some favorite movies, and uh, how many have seen any Christmas movies lately? Several of us. Uh, Star Wars is now a Christmas movie, y'all. That was a great show. I did enjoy it. Um, this is a, a polling. The top 50 Christmas movies of all time were, were listed, but I just uh, took the top three. Top three was A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, and Christmas Vacation. How many would say my favorite show was A Christmas Story? Lift your hand. Favorite Christmas? Got a few. Okay. What about It's a Wonderful Life? Hey, y'all are wonderful people. Okay. <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Oh, there's a whole bunch for that. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, let me tell you, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Day the Earth Stood Still. Anybody remember back that long ago? You look at that movie today and it looks completely hokey. I mean, it just... But back then, it was, it was, uh, it was something, uh, at least to me. And uh, it was about this alien that came and he really was talking to mankind about goodwill towards each other. And his message was, if you don't uh, stop this chaos and this hatred towards each other, you're going to kill yourselves. And he got in a spaceship and he, he took off. But I think the, the heavens stood still the day Jesus came. Think about it. Use your imagination a little bit. Here he is a plan that God had before the foundation of the world. This plan was to bring Jesus into the earth to redeem us. You think you've got some long-range plans. God had this plan, and here comes the plan into play after all this time, and I believe all of heaven was stood still. And there came Jesus into the earth. And heaven had a different perspective. Heaven knew that this was the day that would change everything. 
this was the one who would come, God himself come, and everything would be completely different. And God could once again have a relationship of intimacy with mankind. It's, it's one that really you think about very few that first Christmas were rejoicing. Very few understood what was going on, but heaven did. And once you get heaven's perspective, it changes everything for us. And we look at completely different. This day, Christmas, impacted, or impacts us today, but impacts from 2,000 years ago, think about it, we're still being affected by it today. Stores close. There are some that try and creep open on Christmas Day now. But most of them are closed. And all around the world, people are on holiday because of Christmas Day. We even date our calendar according to Christmas Day. So it's a significant thing, but do we really grasp what heaven saw and what this message was really about? And we have our kids in here, and I want to invite the Air Force kids to come down and sit on this hard floor that's not hard to you. But come on down for just a few minutes. You can do this, guys. Come on down. Let's give them a hand as they come. And I'm going to share just for a few minutes what the, the real message of Christmas is about in heaven's view on this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Then the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for, for behold, I bring, good, bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So we see the multitude. I believe all of heaven was at attention. And here comes Jesus and says the angels, the multitude, were rejoicing at what was taking place because everything would change. What God had in his heart, in his mind, before time, before the foundations of the earth was coming to pass. And we would be the ones that would be the, the ones receiving this gift at Christmas. What does it mean to us? It means you don't have to be afraid anymore. What are we afraid of? Kids, do you have anything you're afraid of? No. Nope, I like the answer. <laughs> you do? What are you afraid of? Afraid of the devil. The devil? Well, let me help y'all. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. Because Jesus beat the devil up. Amen. One more. Afraid of what? You're afraid of fear. Well, you don't have to be fearful anymore because Jesus conquered 
fear. Isn't that good news? We don't have to be afraid. And some people are afraid of God even because they didn't get the Christmas message. They didn't get heaven's perspective and they're afraid of God. Even believers sometimes. I'm not sure if I want to serve God. He might send me somewhere I don't want to go. Well, when you understand that God always has your best, he always has the best plan for you, you surrender immediately. Because I want to be where he wants me to be. I want to be doing what he wants me to do because that's where life is. It's interesting that the first thing the angel said is don't be afraid. Kids say, don't be afraid. That's the Christmas story, don't be afraid. And that, that phrase, don't be afraid, is in the Bible 365 times. One for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. And us adults, don't be afraid. You know, maybe this time you're stressed out with the pace of the season. Or maybe you're stressed out because of the gifts you just bought. Whatever it is, you've got to give it to God. You surrender to Him and let His peace invade your life. But we're not to be afraid. We're not to be in, in fear of what the future brings. And you listen, I saw a show where they were greeting people or meeting people out on the street, and they were asking, what are you worried about? And 9 out of 10 said the future. Well, let me tell you, the future is in His hands. We don't have to be afraid. We belong to him. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Say, The Lord is my helper. Now, how many would think he's some pretty good help? He can help you. He is our helper. He said, Because he never leaves us or forsakes us, we can say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So no matter what you're going through, maybe this is a sad time, and maybe you need to call upon the helper. The Lord is your helper, and call upon him. Maybe this is a Christmas that uh, a loved one that was with you last Christmas isn't with you this Christmas. You need help, but he's ever ready to be a help to you. He's always there. He never leaves you or forsakes you. In Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we have received the kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. His kingdom's not being shaken by the economy, by terrorists, by what this world says, by your circumstances, by your situation. He his kingdom, his word is not being shaken. You can stand on the promises of God. You don't have to be afraid. God is still on the throne. He hasn't fallen off and he's not going to. Secondly, you have good news. The reality of Christmas is not Rudolph, Frosty, Santa, Scrooge. The reality of Christmas is Jesus. In Luke 2, verse 10, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you most joyful news ever announced. It is for everyone. This good news was for everyone, and it's joyful news. And joyful there, the Greek word, it means good news or great news, fantastic news, almost too good to be true news. 
That was the news that was being announced and being proclaimed. It's good news. Almost too good to be true news. That God would come to us. We couldn't reach him, but he came to us. Joyful news. Good news. And what's this good news? You matter to God. God knows everything about you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he still loves you. <laughs> you matter to God. He cares about you. When I think the creator of the universe, the one who created all of us, is so in love with us that he could not leave us in a lost condition. He came for us out of love. We were messed up, the Bible says. Really, we were all in a condition of ugly, just bad behavior to the max, a sinful condition, a lost state. And even in that state, the love of God reached out to us and came to us. Oh, what great love the fathers bestowed upon us that we could be called his children, his sons, and his daughters. Next, it means you're not accident. I don't care what the circumstances of your, your birth were. You're not accident. God has a plan and purpose for every single person. And satisfaction and peace in life comes from doing God's purpose in your life, being in the center of his will. And next, God wants you to know him as much as he knows you. He wants you to know him. So he sent Jesus. The way that you know God is know Jesus. When you see Jesus, you know what the Father's like. You know, Jesus could have came and maybe he wanted to relate to dogs. You know how God would sent Jesus? He would have sent him as a dog. Or maybe a cow. Or maybe he wanted to relate to the birds. God would have sent Jesus as a bird. And to relate to other birds. But he wanted to relate to us. So God became one of us. God became a man. And walked on this earth. Because he wanted us to see him. To know him. To understand his love. And when I look at Jesus in the scriptures. And I read. I see the Father. I know exactly what God is like. Because he wanted to be like us. He wanted to relate to us so he became a human being. It's like the little boy who cried out to his dad. He said, come be with me, I'm afraid. The dad said, hold your teddy bear and it will be okay. The boy said, I need something with skin on it. And that's what Jesus did for us. It said that he came in the flesh. Jesus put skin on, put flesh on where we could see him and he could speak and we would walk with him and talk with him and have understanding of who he is. And he brought us good news that he wants to know us. It's God's gift to you. It's personal. It's like the Hallmark card. He cared enough to send the best. He came himself. He didn't send an angel. He came himself. Number three, you have a Savior. It says in Luke 2, 11, Today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Why do we need the Savior? Because heaven's a perfect place with a perfect God there. And the only ones, the Bible tells us, the only ones that go to heaven are those that are perfect. 
which nullified all of us uh, ever having the chance to get there on our own merits. But Jesus came and he took where we fell short. He took our sin. He took our guilt. He took our shame. And I get into heaven based on what he did for me on the cross, on the price that was paid, on his actions, on his behavior, or his merits, I get in on his ticket. And God sees me on the inside as perfect. He gives me a brand new spirit when I receive him, and my spirit is made in true holiness and righteousness. In fact, you become the very righteousness of God in Christ. So when God sees you, he sees Jesus, and he says, Welcome into the family. Welcome into heaven and to the heavenly abode, that you can live with me and be my children forever and ever and ever. Now, our mind tilts when we think forever, but it's forever with no end, no ceasing of time forever and ever with him in a perfect place, a place where there is no sin, where there is no stress, where there is no alarm clocks to wake you up, where the coffee is always brewing and smells great and tastes awesome, where there is no sin, where there is no crime, where there is no security system, there is no terrorist. There is no taxes. There is no political campaigns, political parties. Christ is king forevermore, and his rule and reign is forever. That's what we get to be a part of. No climate change. The climate's always perfect. The food is always awesome. And you're always in perfect shape. And you don't have to go to the heavenly gym. The food is just assimilated in your body. Reminds me a long time ago, one of the youth asked me, did, this isn't in the message, I shouldn't bring it up, did Adam and Eve have to use the bathroom? No, I don't think so. I think food was assimilated, nutrition, whole in their body. That's not in the Bible, so wherever you meet there, we'll, we'll be fine with it, okay. <laughs> you may be a good person, it doesn't get you to heaven. You may be Mother Teresa, but you're still not perfect. God doesn't grade on the curve. How do you let Christ save you? You realize and admit you need Jesus. Understand you're not good enough. Surrender to Him as Lord and Savior. I can remember we, we used to camp a lot uh, when boys were young, and we went uh, to Hardy, Arkansas. We were camping, and uh, we were all out at the, the river and just having a good time, and that, all this commotion is going on, and this, this father and son are drowning. And the uh, father was trying to save the son who's going down the river. The stream had gotten hold of him. He lost his balance, and he's, he's going. And the dad's trying to get to him, and another man reaches him, and I go after uh, his son. And by the time I got to him, he had gone under three times and popped up, 
and he was just, it was so easy to get him because he was just, he'd stopped frailing and uh, doing all that, phoning his arms, he'd stopped. And I was able to just take him, it was real easy, and bring him back to shore. And uh, some people did CPR real quick, and they revived him and, and everything. It was just, you know, we were all uh, rejoicing that the, the young man was saved. But it, it's interesting, if you, you talk to a lifeguard, a lifeguard, they are trained that you cannot save a person as long as they're trying to save themselves. That you're, you're to tread water, that's what a lifeguard does, he treads water waiting for the frailing and all this to stop. Because they will grab you, they're so out of control, they're desperate for their breath and life, they will pull you under. So they tread water and they wait for them to give up. And once they give up, they can get them and save them. It's the same for us with Christ. You've got to give up. You've got to give up. You can't save yourself. None of us can. It takes a Savior. It takes a Redeemer. And as long as we're trying to save ourselves, it's not going to happen. And the last point, God has made peace with you. Luke 2, it said, Suddenly there was with the angels multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. You know, Christmas, we emphasize the peace with all men and the unity. And that is the truth. We want to walk in peace with all men. That wasn't the message of heaven. That wasn't what heaven was looking at. If that was the case, we can see that it failed. Is there peace among all men on the earth? If that was the mission of, of Jesus, we don't see that at all. We see division, we see problems, we see issues out there. The truth is, Jesus came, didn't come to bring peace among mankind. That's not what this says. In, in Matthew 10, 34, do not think I've come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. So we see that wasn't the purpose that Jesus came. Heaven's perspective, peace and goodwill towards you from God. That was heaven's perspective. Because of the Redeemer, because of the Savior, there was peace and goodwill towards mankind from God. Peace means to triumph over opposition, security in the face of adversity, assurance everything will be all right, nothing missing and nothing broken. The peace, he's called the prince of peace. Peace not between man, but peace from God to man. That was the mission of Jesus Christ. It was fulfilled at the cross and the price that was paid. I have my wallet here, a $20 bill. And you know, our life without Christ is pretty messed up. It's just, it's just crumbled up. The Bible says that we're 
made in a symbol, sinful state. Maybe you've been abused, rejected. Maybe life's been really tough on you. We've all been through different issues and different things. Just a mess. But Jesus came for the mess because he loves us. He saw value. The one who is worthy of all saw worth in us. He saw value in us. He sees value. He loves every single person on this earth. And he came for all of us. Because see, all of us are like this $20 bill. Just messed up. But let me show you, they're still worth in this $20 bill. Who would like this $20 bill? Who was first? Oh, I got somebody watching here. <laughs> this is our, this was the first one. Let's give her a hand. But let me, let me say this. Let me say this. I did I didn't say anything yet. When when you submit to him, he reaches down and he takes a hold of your life and he gives you new life. New life on the inside. And this one I'm not even gonna try and decide. Who would like the life that Christ provides? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> You're campaigning for. <laughs> okay, we got somebody over here. Come over here. Let's give her a hand. Let's give our kids a hand. Go back to your seat. Thank you so much. In closing, I just want to challenge you for just a moment. You know, it says his good will is towards us. His will is always good towards you. His good will, that was heaven's perspective, good will towards man. So he always has good plan for you. You know, there's bumper stickers that say Jesus is the reason for the season. And... I understand that, but I'm going to show you a deeper truth. Actually, you're the reason for the season. Because God knew that you needed Jesus to come. If, if he knew that you didn't need him, he wouldn't have sent him. But the reason that he came is you and I. So the deeper truth is we're the reason for the season. We're the reason that God came for us. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? This is God's gift to you. Ask you a question. Will you allow Christ to be birthed in your heart today? It's your choice. The Bible says that he lays before us life and death.
Are you ready to do away with your past? Will you make room in your heart for Him today? Will you receive God's gift? Will you stop running away from love, perfect love? Will you stop running away from the Lord and run to Him? Will you stop trying to save yourself, trying to get to heaven on your own merits, your own goodness? Will you surrender and just let go of your own life and put your life in the hands of the Lord? Will you come to the end of you today? Will you allow the Prince of Peace to take over your life? It's the most important decision that you'll ever make in this life. What will you do with God's Christmas gift of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Those that receiving, receive eternal life. Those that rejecting, receive eternal death. See, every person that's born in this earth will live forever in one or two places, heaven or hell. And he says, you choose. You choose. And today is the day of salvation. No one looking around. I'm going to give you an opportunity on this Christmas Eve morning to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He came just for you. If you'd been the only one, he would have came for you. Because he loves you. And he loves you just the way that you are. That's you this morning. You feel conviction in your heart. You know you need to get right with God. Would you lift your hand and say, that's me. And we'll pray together. Not going to embarrass you. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize this morning you've been away from the Lord. You need to come back. You need to come back home. You need to get connected back to Him. You need to get connected back to life. For either one of these, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me, and we'll pray one other thing there's some things you need to you need the helper this morning you need Jesus to help you during this Christmas season would you lift your hand also we'll pray for you so see those see those hands thank you Lord let's all say this dear Lord thank you for the promise of eternal life I surrender now I let go of my own way my own life and I let go and I embrace my Savior I take the Christmas gift that's been freely given to me and I receive life thank you Lord I believe that you died on the cross you took my sins you took my mess you took my guilt you took my fears You took it all for me. And I believed you paid the price in full. And you were raised from the dead. I believe that in my heart. And I say that with my mouth. That Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And for those that want 
the helper to help them during this season. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would meet that need. Would come in even in those places of loneliness, even in the midst of family, loneliness and emptiness and dread and fear even of the coming year. We boldly say that you're our helper and we will not fear because you will never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, I thank you for being that helper, that present help in time of need, that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace because of that Christmas day and receive help and mercy and grace in that time of need. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you that all heaven rejoices when one comes to the Father and receives the gift of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor and the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.